Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Mike Salmon alongside Stephen Julian, who has rejoined us after being gone last week. Where were you last week, Stephen? I was doing what all good adults should do. I went to the dentist and make sure that I didn't have any cavities and that I was brushing correctly. I trust everything went well? Everything went well. I even got to go into the prize closet and <laughs> I picked up a little kaleidoscope. It, it was great. It was wonderful. And... I couldn't miss this show because we got two great guests and it's the opening day of the Major League Baseball season. So I it knew is. Wow. there were two people I wanted to make sure I spent today with my wife and family because we love baseball and you. Mike. Oh, by the way, you former know, former coach, you know, those toys are for the kids at the dentist office. No, they're not. Not no. for the adults. I, I raised enough of a fit that they let me in and but I didn't cause a scene. So it. I don't think anyone got a viral YouTube video of it. <laughs> we've got some, as you said, we've got some wonderful guests here in the studio. We've got our friends here from Ride Tech Restorations of Gwinnett County. Uh, but before that, we're going to be joined by Mason Elstock. He is the president and CEO of the Rowan Foundation. And uh, Mason, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Rowan Foundation, uh, if you're in Gwinnett County and you're a business leader, you've probably have heard about it. it it's coming. It's coming. It coming. So, so tell us what we're going to expect. What is Rowan Foundation? What is it you're working on uh, on the outskirts of Gwinnett County? All right. Well, thanks again for having me this morning. Um, so Rowan Foundation is the steward of a 2,000-acre project in eastern Gwinnett County. And uh, it's a nonprofit organization that has a vision for creating a knowledge community that's really about bringing together higher education and the wonderful people that come out of those institutions, a diverse talent pipeline, and connecting them with industry. So making Gwinnett more competitive, making Georgia more competitive globally uh, in three specific areas around agriculture, medicine, and the environment. 2,000 acres, so you're, you're building a, like a technology community out there. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, an, it's a very uh, intentional community. It's not, it is real estate. We have property, but we're really curating a development. We're curating a group of people very diverse to help pour into this talent group and industry sector that, that will really strengthen all of us together, quality of life and opportunities for us moving forward. I think anyone listening to this interview picked up almost immediately a little bit of a different terminology that I'm going to ask you to go a little deeper into. Knowledge community. Usually these kind of developments are focused on one thing or another, but break down what knowledge, you know, why you guys use that term and what makes it different. Sure. So knowledge community to us really means it's a, it's a very special term and it's intentionally there to stand out. And there's qualities in a knowledge community that are different than what you may find in an office park or a mixed use development. Um, they're places that are highly collaborative. They're about bringing together diverse people, industries, organizations into one environment where they can collaborate and otherwise they probably would not have had a reason to or opportunity to interact. They're also authentic. It's not about replicating Boston or Austin. It's about creating a destination that reflects the values, the vision, the character that Gwinnett has, that Georgia has, and using our 2,000 acres and the history that's there as well to build a physical environment that's authentic to our place. They're also inspiring. So I have two young kids, and I want them to be inspired not only about 
the future, but about their role in the future and that they could come to a place like Rowan and have a knowledge community where they say, I see a woman that's an engineer. I see a man that's a scientist. I see how they interact with each other. I see how they partner and uh, and create new ideas, new innovations. And the last piece about a knowledge community that's different is it's accessible and affordable. This isn't about marble, ferns, and fountains. It's about creating a place where we remove the barriers from all people being able to come and join us as a part of the invitation to creating a place that really is about future generations. I noticed when you were listing the descriptions of the different types of industries, agriculture, medicine, and technology, those don't always go together. So that's kind of part of this whole knowledge community and collaboration of things that don't necessarily collaborate all the time or in a lot of different areas. Exactly. It's really about the points of convergence. I mean, when you think about agriculture, it's not a far stretch to think about the, the food that we put in our body is directly impacting our wellness, our health, the, med the medicine that we take and the different solutions that we need. Our environment equally has an impact on our health and wellness. So there's these points of convergence between medicine, agriculture, and the environment that are particularly interesting to us and where we can partner with companies and say, how does technology connect with healthcare and agriculture and the work in the field connect with our community wellness? Um, and it's also about the enabling technologies. We find often when you, we say agriculture, medicine, and the environment, we by nature want to compartmentalize things and, and give it some very specific definition. But there's also a number of enabling technologies around um, chips, uh, fiber, um, all different you know, advanced materials that, that are a part of all of these spaces almost as a foundation that would be welcome to, to think about Rowan as a home. Have you been getting input from the community? Has there been a process where you're getting some feedback and input from the community? Absolutely. I mean, since our launch in 2020 and then through 2021, we've held uh, community conversations with hundreds of people, both online and in person, from Tecula to Lawrenceville um, and really across the metro region. Uh, to invite that input. Um, again, what we build on this 2,000 acres is really for those, for the people now, for our community now, and for the generations that are coming behind us. And we want to be intentional with that, truly as a steward. So inviting that input very early on was critical and ongoing. We also created the Gwinnett Community Advisory Task Force, which was eight, those were 18 leaders from Gwinnett, which included Chairwoman Hendrickson, Commissioner Jasper Watkins, um, uh, Santiago Marquez from the Latin American Association and a number of other business leaders and community leaders to help speak into our planning and visioning. Uh, and that's that's been just critical to our path. From what I'm hearing, I mean, this, the scale of this seems like it's maybe something that we quite haven't seen it before. It's it's very unique. I mean, we have a quote uh, that I can share from Burt Brantley in the in the governor's office. It says, you know, there, there, Georgia has never had a project like this that has been mission-driven, a generational type of project where we are curating this these industry partnerships. Um, and this is something that, that really is about building a place for the future and doing it with that intentionality. The foundation will always have oversight in the development, in the architecture, in the planning, and building those relationships between our higher education institutions and industry, um, and using that as a, a great asset, a strength for our entire state. We're speaking with Mason Aylstock. He is the president and CEO of the Rowan Foundation, which is kind of getting off the ground and, and looking to do some amazing things in Gwinnett County uh, as a nonprofit and also being involved in these different industries he's talked about. Mason, one of the gimmicks I try to live on this show is I'm the slightly annoying co-host. So if you'll allow me to ask a slightly annoying question, you've been talking about the vision and you've been talking about what lays ahead. Can I ask 
where's it going to start? What's the first couple practical steps or practical buildings? What are some of the things you're going to, because you got to start with the first step. Absolutely. And, and you guys certainly have taken steps, but what's the first, what's the next big first step you guys are looking at? Absolutely. And not an annoying question at all. I think that's, that's really <laughs> Dang helpful. it. I'll work on my next one. <laughs> People are really interested in saying, you know, we love the vision. We understand how this concept is coming together. You're explaining what a knowledge community is. When do we start? What does that look like? And it really, it starts later this year. We, we will break ground on the first two miles of infrastructure and utilities uh, right off of Highway 316 along the Appalachian River. We're going through a site certification process, which if you're familiar with the U.S. Green Building Council, that's all about sustainability and uh, stormwater management and how do we design a place that is also for the future. So our vision is for the future and then how we're executing that vision is also for the future later this year. So we'll kick that off. Um, in parallel with that, we're also working with our economic development leaders at the state and partnership Gwinnett um, and with the county to uh, position Rowan globally, nationally, to recruit those companies and connecting them to our higher education institutions who serve on our board of directors. We have the provost from UGA, President Jan Joseph from Georgia Gwinnett College, uh, Bert Reeves from Georgia Tech, that we are building that leadership team to help speak into how we recruit these companies in partnership with our, our local leaders. How about the workforce? I, I assume it sounds like jobs will be coming along with this. About how many and what types of jobs? Absolutely. Uh, so again, multi-generational. So at 50% build out, which we project to be in 30 years or so, so just context, we'll have about 10 million square feet and around 55,000 jobs. That's our projections. Economic. Wait, how many jobs? 55,000 jobs. 30 now, years. 30 years. So yeah. this is this time it's investment curation, not just transacting property, but that's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of opportunities to connect intentionally with those talent pipelines and with our industry partners. That also results in $6.6 billion in economic activity back into Gwinnett County, back into the state that can support our public school systems, transit solutions, our libraries, our parks. So Rowan is envisioned to be a flywheel of opportunity that is going to give back to our communities and create uh, a diversity of jobs. Not everybody at Rowan will have a PhD to work there. There'll be room for technicians, associate's degrees, high school diplomas, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees the full spectrum so that there's really an opportunity for everybody in the economy to participate. And one of the keys here of being a knowledge community, this is not just an industrial park. This is not just a place to bring in businesses to do business. This is a this is a yes. collaboration between education and and commerce. Absolutely. And then whatever else and probably government as well. That's right. To to try and find solutions, to try and achieve goals, to try and build business, kind of all coming together, right? Yeah, that's and, exactly right. Okay. And and I'm building on I, I came to uh, Georgia from Research Triangle Park where I served as the chief operating officer of the RTP Foundation. So a lot of history there, a lot of things that we learn how to work with our higher education institutions. And of course, in Georgia, we're going to do it better, do it bigger, do it authentic to Gwinnett and to our state. Um, and how we bring those relationships together uh, is very intentional. It will not have, there, there's actually covenants on the land where industrial manufacturing are not the types of uses that we would see as the, the sole use for a company coming in. So we are looking for those knowledge jobs that are creating a scientific output. They're creating opportunities for investment. They're creating new companies that help us to grow, that they, they feed one another and continue to, to create new opportunities. This is going to affect not just this local area. I mean, this is a regional Global. Global. There we go. I like global. it. How did we end up with you in our backyard? How did how did you find this area? 
And, and, and is, is, it's not just Gwinnett County, I mean, or is it all in Gwinnett County? It is all in Gwinnett it's County. It's all in Gwinnett County. Yep. Uh-huh. So how did we get to be so fortunate? Uh, just the vision that started with Chairwoman um, Charlotte Nash, and then uh, and now with Chairwoman Chairwoman Hendrickson, um, that has that that really started this idea, and uh, wanted to create a new economic development opportunity that again was about more than land and about the future of Gwinnetians, future of our state, uh, and through that over a number of years, this this project has actually been going on for quite some time as the property was brought together and assembled. Um, there were conversations and outreach to to colleagues of mine that were at RTP and ultimately landing on, you know, a really exciting opportunity to say, you know, Mason, are you interested in, in joining us? And we have a fabulous team of uh, construction managers, designers supporting us in all of this work. So it, I'm sitting in front of the microphone, but we have a team of dozens in many different fields that are making all of this possible. And it's that group of implementers that we have and really moving forward. You mentioned Research Triangle up in North Carolina. Everybody's familiar with that. I mean, is it safe to say you're creating the Research Triangle down here in this area? It's more like a rectangular shape, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think there's, you know, it, it's not replicating RTP. There, right. There's best practices that you can learn uh, in Europe and in Research Triangle Park in the West Coast, um, all over the world. And we're absolutely wanting to understand what did we pull from RTP? What did what did I create there? What did our team create there? And then how do we learn from those things here? But also, what are the unique qualities of Georgia? What are our strengths? What are the strengths of our institutions? And how do we draw those out to make a place that really is reflective of the future that we want? You asked, you said that, and I was kind of interested in the origin, and we didn't talk about this off air. So if I ask a so here again, trying to be slightly annoying, or maybe <laughs> maybe get in trouble here. But you talked about the, the efforts of, of Charlotte Nash and, and others, I'm sure. How far back does this, because Mike is right, a lot of us have heard of Rowan, but this is probably, because 2,000 acres in Gwinnett, a lot of people are like, how on earth did they get 2,000? It took time. It did take time. Yeah, it took time. It took took negotiation. It took a lot of stuff. So so how far back does this go? Where does it really start? Uh, Several years as far as the real estate uh, acquisition goes, and that's before I was involved. But but it did take a lot of conversation uh, with the county, with the families that own the land, um, and their vision for a place. I mean, part of the vision for Rowan came from the families that had the property because they weren't interested in just selling the land for another residential development. Right. They were interested in using this land that they've had in their families for generations to understand the history, to understand the culture, the connection to agriculture. Uh, one of the families there had a doctor in the family that is also kind of spoken into this focus on medicine. So there's a lot of pieces that have come in. Um, and the land wasn't really uh, an option until this vision for a bigger, bolder idea about yeah. future generations came about. And, and that was a turning point in, in the very early days. And uh, since you've come on board as the president and CEO of the Rowan Foundation, um, since you're located right near 316 and you're looking to kind of solve problems and, and do different things as a knowledge community, how many times have you gotten the joke about when are you going to fix the traffic on 316? <laughs> have you gotten well, it a few times? You know, Rowan wants to be a, a solution to, right. to, to, to the jobs that we're creating. So part of the conversation we have with the county is how can we create a multimodal station within Rowan. You know, 2,000 acres, you can fit three UGA campuses within the 2,000 acres for, mm. for context. And UGA has the second largest transit system in the state. Uh, so you think about just circulation inside of Rowan is going to be significant. And then how do we help think about, mitigate, improve 
um, circulation throughout the region, 316 and beyond, because yep. we stretch up to Winder Highway. So I tried to make a joke, and he turned it into solving a solution. Sounds like a knowledge community. <laughs> Good guy to lead a knowledge community. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night, Mason, and go, what have I gotten myself into? Because this is a major project, obviously. Absolutely not. I, I love it. I mean, this this is uh, this is what I love to do every day, to work with just great people and to pour back into the community, invite input, and know that I – can give myself the grace to say we are building something that really is about, again, the people that are coming behind us. So invite them in, you know, yeah. take that pressure off and, and come up with solutions together. Well, it sounds like they got the right man for the right job. And I, I know you've got a lot of work to do. So we appreciate you coming by and stopping by for a few minutes. Uh, I want to back up just a quick second before we let you go. The name Rowan. The name Was Rowan. there a significance to that name? Absolutely. Um, it, it, it came about, it's actually an agricultural term that means second harvest or a second cutting, uh, which is often has, has more nutrients in it than even the first cutting. So in one season, the second cutting in one season. Okay. And, and it's, it's, an, it's an important value to the foundation because you think about the families, the generations before us that were the stewards of this land and the land provided for those families, right? That was the first harvest, the first cutting. And now Rowan, as the steward for this 2,000 acres, how do we create a place that is producing benefit for future generations? I keep going back to that, that we're building yeah. a place that, that, is, that is reinvesting. So that second harvest, Rowan Agriculture, it's, uh, it's one of those names when we came across it, it was, you know, that's it. That, that's the one. Absolutely. Well, for those that would like to find out more and look into all this, the work you're doing, uh, is there a website where they can kind of get an idea of this vision? RowanLife.com. Uh, we have a connect link in the upper right-hand corner. Welcome community leaders uh, and just community members to, to connect with us. We share an e-newsletter. Um, also businesses. There's a vendor link on there. Uh, the Rowan Foundation Board has established a 30% SMWBE goal for all of our contracting. So vendors can, businesses can also register there, all businesses, not just SWMBEs, but all businesses. And uh, we have a development timeline so, so folks can see where their company could fit in as we move forward with implementation. And we have all of that as a part of our database and pulling together information for business opportunities in the project. Okay. And again, the website is rowanlife.com and Rowan is R-O-W-E-N. So uh, Mason Aylstock, President, CEO of Rowan Foundation, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Mike, before we get to our next guest, uh, we are going to do, I am going to do something that has never, ever, ever been done on this show. And I'm very excited to do it. So I bet you're you're just Wait, in almost ten years we've never done this. Never done this. What is it you're going to do? At the same time, I'm going to thank two of our fantastic partners that we have. So first, I want to remind everybody that we all know that keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking offers you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs, and you'll work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help move you closer to your business goals. Regions is here to help. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. And that's normally where we would stop and go to our next guest. But they are the partner with our show. I also want to take this moment to thank our partners for the studio, which is we love our partners. And love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist... Then check out their Facebook page and other social media pages for the latest news, offers, and community events. Just look for Subaru of Gwinnett. Did you enjoy that? 
I loved it. It was fantastic. I'm so full of adrenaline. Let's get to our next guest. Our next guest come to us from Rye Tech Restorations of Gwinnett County. We have Tanya Boffman. And, and Tanya, you're the Director of Marketing. And you got some other titles going on there, too, I as well. I do, yeah. Business Development. Business Development. Okay. Yeah. And Melissa Blarock. Yes. And Melissa is the Account and Marketing Manager. And so, Rye Tech Restorations, who wants to take the first question? That neither of them are raising their hands. Mike, I guess I have to take Okay. Melissa, tell us about Rytech Restorations of Gwinnett County. Tell us all about the business. Yeah, so Rytech Restorations of Gwinnett County is a 24-7 emergency services company that helps with water damage, fire, sewage, uh, mold, and asbestos cleanup. Uh, We do water extraction, structural drying, mold inspections, mold remediation, flood cleanup, there's nothing we can't handle. <laughs> All right. And Melissa, what is your role there? Yeah. So I help with the marketing and account management. So I like to grow um, grow the business with connecting one-on-one with business owners and, um, and people that we can help. I love working with uh, plumbing companies, roofers, insurance agents, insurance adjusters. We help any anyone that we can or and able to. <laughs> and Tanya, your role with the company? Um, actually, we have now six uh, areas. We have Metro Atlanta, uh, Gwinnett County, and we're also in South Carolina. We're in Florence, Myrtle Beach, Columbia, and uh, Greenville area. Okay, so Melissa, so, you're with Gwinnett County, and, and Tanya, you're kind of all over the place. I am, <laughs> all the time. I tell people I stay at home. Uh, I'm at home just on the weekends. <laughs> the okay. rest of the time, I'm traveling um, with my team. And so. how, how big is the – well, I mean, you gave us an idea of the locations, but how long has Rytech been around? Rytech is actually developed in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, and has been around for 28 years. Uh, Bubba Ryan is the founder. And he, actually, uh, Anthony Curtis and Brian Larman are our two owners that own the six that I'm over. And what they basically, they are going to be his protege. I think sometimes when people think of a restoration company, unfortunately, most of the time, they don't think about it until they need a restoration, until Correct. that accident has happened. Correct. And so this is a very important question for people to hear while things are still normal and okay and nothing bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to kind of ask the question of what sets Rytech apart from the other restoration companies out there? Because when you're in a crisis, you just the first one you pull up or the first one that can show up. But it's important to know what what sets what are some of the differences between Rytech and its competitors. One of the things, uh, and I'm gonna let Melissa answer this question also, but one of the biggest things is I always let people know that it's our expertise that we have. Um, one of our owners was an adjuster for 14 years before going into rest- to restoration. Then after that, he worked in restoration, then began a restoration company. Um, I come from 18 years of insurance. I was an insurance agent. So um, I'm so sorry. I know, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. What has really been successful for us in that aspect is I'm actually going around and I teach the ins- new insurance agents what they need to be looking out for now that I'm on this side of it. So we bring that to the table where no one else does. And another huge factor is in Kennesaw. We're a 24-7, 365 company. So in Kennesaw, Georgia, we actually have, and we're the only restoration company that has this, but we not only have a customer service that's answering the phones, we also have 
what they call data specialists that are looking behind everything that we're doing so that they so that everything is checked so our i's are dotted and our t's are crossed and that's what's so important to us melissa she uh, tanya was going to let you answer that question so let me let me kind of pivot the question a little okay. bit to, to ask because you are an account manager mm-hmm. so as an account manager what are some of the things that you've been able to do with clients as as they're working through this horrible thing and and that you can say hey i i know as the account manager this is what we're doing differently this is what i'm bringing to the table that other companies might not be able to absolutely um i love working one-on-one with our clients i think it's very important that when a customer calls me on if their worst day happens they can call and count on me and i i call and talk with their insurance agents their adjusters any other company that has to come onto the premises we work together and that's very important to me is communication care and transparency and i think any restoration company has to talk to an insurance company but how that is done there's a, there can be a huge difference in, mm-hmm. in those kind of conversations am i right yes yes um it's it can be sensitive subjects sometimes when a toilet overflows and it's three stories of a building that needs restored but i I like the one-on-ones. I like being able to get to know people and know how I can help them and listen to what they need. And we actually help them file their insurance claims, Mm -hmm. whether it's a business or a personal. And not every restoration company will do that, No, no. exactly. That's huge. But because of the expertise that we have, Mm -hmm. those are little things that we can do to help people. So when they, we actually encourage everyone we meet, if this happens, especially with insurance agents, when you get that call, oh my gosh, I'm standing in three feet of water and I don't know what to do, just immediately give them my number. Don't don't go any further because I'm going to help you look great. I'm going to help us look great. And I'm going to put them at ease immediately. Mm-hmm. All right, Melissa, you mentioned the toilet overflows and you got three stories of, you know, and, and you mentioned standing in three feet of water, Tanya. Those are obvious situations when you should call a restoration company. What are maybe some of the less obvious situations when you know what you probably need to call a restoration company? Something. What are some of the signs that maybe they need to call Rytec? Um, well, one of the many signs, and now you have some insurance companies that are covering this, is hidden water. So a lot of times people take behind showers is where we find it the mm-hmm. most, or around the the toilet uh, rings at the bottom. Um, you the seals will break and water will come up under the flooring and a lot of times people think like tile for instance is always sealed well if it's not sealed around the cabinets and the toilet and the um in the bathtub then it's going to go under and um so that's one of the things is that hidden water so you start kind of feeling your your floor get kind of squishy or you start seeing mold grow and then you know um, we have one right now where the lady had no idea that she even had mold and, and had a leak until she starts seeing something in the ceiling that looks weird and her ceiling starts to kind of buckle while the roofer comes over and says, yeah, you have a leak, but you also have an attic full of mold. So it had been leaking in the attic and finally made it down to the ceiling part. Yeah. Wow. So those are the things. So keep watching out for things like that. And, you know, a lot of times you're um just like your uh terminex guys or you know termite people will go under the houses they a lot of times will find that mold and they notify us and let us know and you know what we do differently too is 
to get rid of mold there's over 200 um, thousand spores of mold so you've got to be careful when you get rid of it you've got and you got to make sure it's gone well the only way to make sure that it's gone is it has to be completely removed so we literally remove it and under a house we'll sand it off um, and then we treat it so that it doesn't come back so those are important factors and for most people with homeowners insurance will cover a lot of the costs mm. or how That's does that the work biggest thing a yeah. lot i'm glad is, i asked the question then right well and this is and, one of the and things and this is specifically about mold right mm-hmm. we're, well, we're staying yeah. with this topic of yeah mold. so yeah. mold actually you have to make sure it's on there are some insurance companies that don't even offer mold coverage so that's something that people need to look there's a declaration page is the first page of your policy and that's one of the things you want to look for and most of the time it, if your company does cover it it's going to be either a five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand coverage i would i honestly now tell people pay that extra twenty dollars a year and get that fifteen thousand dollars worth of coverage so um but mold is is your big thing the other thing is sewer backup a lot of people you can pay ten dollars a year ten fifteen dollars a year and have that ten to fifteen thousand dollars to help with that sewage backup another thing is when we have fires i have one right now that i just was at yesterday because i was actually supposed to be here yesterday but i was at yesterday and um they did not know that their content coverage was only a thousand dollars their dishwasher while they were walking around their neighborhood they come back and their dishwasher is on fire and the cabinets are on fire and around it they got it out but when i get there yesterday i'm helping them with their in filing the insurance because she's like i call but nobody will call me back so i helped her with all of that um and anyway when i got the adjuster on the phone and he said well they only have a thousand dollars in coverage for the contents and i'm like that's no there's no way and then come to find out um it just gets better it it does honestly they only had what they call actual cash value and a lot of people don't realize what the difference is between replacement cost and actual cash value replacement cost and this is the what i've given for many years you have a 2007 tv if it burns up then if you have replacement cost it's going to you're going to get a 2022 tv if it's actual cash value they're only going to give you a percentage of what it would cost because it's so, a 2007 TV, it's a 2007 so you're going to get 25 TV, so bucks or whatever. Eight, right. So you're yeah. going to get 70% to 80% of what it would cost. So unfortunately, like in this situation, this was a rental property, and the, rent, the, the man that owns it had actual cash value on the house itself. So what that means is now that they've had all this damage in their house because now every single room in that house has to be cleaned because of all the smoke damage so yes you had a little fire there but it ended up smoking up all every single room and it gets in the walls and it gets in the flooring so everything has to be cleaned so in this situation he only has actual cash value as well so that means he's got it covered for like 29,000 we'll just give a ring of a um so 
we will get around we'll get about 80 percent of that for us to be able to get everything out of their house because all the contents have to come out well now they have to pay for that because they didn't have a renter's policy all of this because they went for a walk in the neighborhood yeah. right so there's the moral of the story walking in the neighborhood yeah. it's not worth it <laughs> yeah the heck no walking. actually the other moral of the story is everybody go check your homeowner's insurance 100 and, and work with yes. a work with an insurance person that you trust me. i don't mind a bit helping i have people send me they'll email me their declaration page and i'll look over it <laughs> and, and, and well so i was going to ask that question you know so many times you guys are called in again mm-hmm. after a crisis and you work Correct. with the insurance company so if insurance won't cover do you guys help with hey we'll 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 figure out the best solution we can help you oh, 100%, with 100 that's what we're doing for these people yeah, now so we gave them an idea yeah. of kind of what it was going to cost to get all the contents in they have two kids so all the kids toys their clothes their sofas their beds their mattresses usually we throw mattresses out because yeah. you can't get it out mm-hmm. so we will help them every step of the way of getting the people in contact that they need that will help them and what i'll do is make the phone calls and say all right this is the situation we're dealing with and that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is we have connections um and i'm I'm down to the point i'll tell people look if you need a babysitter i can find it for you (laughs) so you know i mean we have connections that kind of separates you from the competition perhaps yeah Yeah. (laughs) so melissa will be coming over to babysit for you all right Uh, no she said she could find one (laughs) yeah she found melissa (laughs) um as we get ready to wrap up the interview i'll throw it to you melissa for one last little curveball here at the end maybe uh your biggest accomplishment or biggest uh memory uh since working for Ritech. Um, so Ritech has opened a lot of doors and opportunities for me. Um, I was actually recently nominated for one of um, Gwinnett's Young Professionals Most Influential People to work Very with. Very nice. Thank you. Ooh, you got the bell. I got That's the a bell. big deal. Thank Melissa. you. I re- really appreciate that. been working hard and yes. love working with Tanya, and I have such a great supportive team backing me. Guys, I was getting a little emotional there. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, Mike. Kind of how I done. feel working with Steven. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Day in and day out. Yep. For eight, nine years. <laughs> You're sounding less and less convincing <laughs> as you talk. No, no, Maybe no. you should wrap up the That's interview. Uh, biggest question of the day for those that need to find would like to find out more about Rytech or restorations of Gwinnett County and, and then maybe the whole company as well because people could be listening to this anywhere in the country. So Especially you serve all those Carolina. other areas. Yep. Um, where can they get the information? Where can they find out more about the company? Yeah, so to find out more about Rytech, you can go to rytechinc.com or you can also call us at 678 434 0767 and you can ask for me specifically melissa or tanya and rytech is spelt r-y-t-e-c-h and and i'm going to give one little tip um everybody get your pens or get your uh, note on your phone out give the number one more time because that's the most important thing when the crisis happens you're not going to go on the website you need to number so give the number so our phone number is 678-434-0767 and ask for melissa Tanya Boffman and Melissa Blawrock, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you very you much for having us. Rytech Restorations joining us here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Also, a big thank you to uh, Mason Alestock with Rowan Foundation for joining us on the program. Now, we can't top Rytech's uh, 24-7, 365 help with crisis, 
But Business Radio X and Gwinnett Business Radio is available 24-7. That's right. You can listen on any of your favorite podcast channels, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on about 15 different platforms. What's really cool, you could be at home, and if you've got Siri or Alexa, say, Alexa, play Gwinnett Business Radio podcast, and you'll pop up. Alexa, play slightly annoying co-host podcast, and our podcast and will you come pop up. up. Exactly. You know, I thought I. So I'm not trying to be boastful. Uh, our message this last week was on humility, and I thought that was a great segue. And I looked at our producer Connor to like say, you know, wasn't that a great segue? He's he just you know he didn't even smile, didn't even acknowledge me at all. But he's making us sound good. He does make us yeah, sound good. So. He's doing his job as a producer. Yep. I was just asking for a little bit extra, and I didn't get it. All right. Thank you, Connor. I guess that's my problem. Thank you, yours. Stephen. Time to go. <laughs> we'll see you next time here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Yeah.